Hi, this is David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know, Josh and I have a lot of fun doing this podcast, and we also try to keep it very informational. I hope that you find the podcast informative and entertaining. So if you do, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to rate us, subscribe to us, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is you're using to listen to us. Please do that. That will help us to move up in the rankings and also to uh, get more people to tune in. Kids, it's another fantastic episode of your favorite weekly Alabama politics podcast, uh, which is Alabama politics this week. We they asked us to pick a creative name, and we said, "Well, what are we doing?" And you know, <laughs> we're talking about politics from this week, and so that's what we named it uh, because we're creative. Uh, I am Josh Moon, and uh, that is David Person. Uh, how are you, Dave? Man, you know, I'm I'm uh, I am astounded at the depths of dumb, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. I know for our right wing nut of the week, yeah. Uh, but I'm also uh, I'm also uh, <laughs> I'll say I continue to be amazed at the ineptitude. I'm not going to call it dumb dumbness, mm-hmm. but the ineptitude of our of our current. And outgoing Congressman Mo Brooks, as he tries to uh, position himself to be elected our next U.S. senator, I just think he's I think he's really missing the boat. But I know we'll talk about that, too, later on in the show. I mean, I just I just I've, I've given up on sanity. Uh, as a matter of fact, yeah. I, you know, I don't think you could do anything worse than Tommy Tuberville did. Uh, and look how that worked out. And so, uh, yeah. I mean, I just it's, to me, they're just, you know. Uh, they're, they're, they're not trying to get me and you, man. Uh, you know, no, they're, they're, they're pitching to a whole other batter out there and, uh, and, you know, <laughs> uh, so, and I mean, and that batter is using a tennis racket and, you know, I, it just is, I, I don't, uh, well, yeah, listen, we'll, well, yeah, we're, we're going to get to it. I, I, you know, there's some yeah. things I wanted to talk about, about, the you know, th- this state and what's kind of gone on this, this week. Uh, you know, first of all, man, I gotta tell you, I am, uh, I am like crazy crazy sore in my shoulders and stuff, but I've been doing these, uh, I've been doing these workouts, uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, have you ever heard of the, of P90X? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the, uh, isn't that what, uh, Paul Ryan, uh, former oh, is that what he U.S. Did? Senator or U.S. Yeah, Congressman. Yeah. I'm just like Paul Ryan, me and Paul. And, there you, you go. Know, two peas in the pod. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, so I started doing this one while, a while back. It, it was, uh, I think it was P90X3. And so I did that, did, went through the whole thing and it was, it was fine. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I started doing this, the, the, the original P90, which is much longer and much tougher apparently, because I mean, yeah. I am so crazy sore on this thing, but I can't stop. And I'll tell you why I can't stop doing it is on the second video of this thing here. When you're in there and just like jumping around, killing yourself, right? And these, this thing they call plyometrics, which is a, a completely made up word. I think that they, that just means you're going to hurt yourself and sweat a lot. Um, <laughs> there, you know, I'm just ready to quit. And they go over and start talking to one of the guys in this class that they have doing the video, right? Mm-hmm. It's doing all these exercises, just go over there, killing it. The guy's got an artificial leg. <laughs> And I'm like, Whoa. yeah, I'm like, Whoa. Whoa, 
Oh, I can, well, I can't stop now. You yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it just kills every excuse I had. Yeah, see, they knew they, yeah. that was strategic. They <laughs> knew that that was going to have uh, type A fellas like yourself saying, oh, there's no way yeah, that a one-legged guy is going to outdo me. <laughs> That's yeah. a, I mean, and he is killing it, man. He yeah. is crushing yeah. this thing over there, just hopping up and down. And I mean, because it's all jumps and stuff, man. It's yeah. all like, you know, jump knee tucks and things like And it's just, I mean, he's and he is kicking my ass. I mean, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, but uh, so yeah. Anyways, I, I just I well, just you know the solution mind. to your soreness uh, until your your body acclimates to what you're doing. The solution to your soreness may be. Uh, I tell you what I use, and I don't mm-hmm. work out nearly to the extent that you do, even though I do work out. I use uh, I use hemp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I use peppermint oil, and if I'm really struggling, aspirin. Uh, well, see, I just typically use heroin. Um, and so you just go right, you just skip over everything else and just go straight to, yeah, just, I, I wake up like two days later and everything feels better. Um, you know, (laughs) just got to reacclimate yourself. We'll say, what is my name again? Right. Where do I live? Yeah. Now I've, I've I've typically stolen a lot of stuff and and I'm in prison, but I mean, I do, my muscles feel better. Uh, So (laughs) that's the goal. I believe. Uh, all right. So I'm sorry. I to, it was just, you know, one of those things I was thinking about because uh, seriously, my shoulders are hurting so bad. Um, but uh, it, uh, and I don't know why my shoulders, uh, anyways, eh, nobody cares. Um, the, um, this way, uh, so I wrote a column this week uh, because mm-hmm. on Monday, and I know you didn't read it, but that's fine. Um, no, I did actually. Oh, I did. Oh, you read this one. I oh. read the column. Oh, nice. I read, I catch most of your columns, except when you slip in one on me, <laughs> like early Thursday morning, and I might miss that one. But otherwise, I catch them. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so Monday uh, in this state was uh, Jefferson Davis Day, um, mm-hmm. which uh, we are the only state at this point still honoring uh, the former uh, pre president of the Confederacy, the first president of the Confederacy. Um, we're the only ones, even Mississippi, where he was born and raised. And or, No, he was born in Kentucky, but uh, where he w- where he lived in Mississippi and represented them in the, um, uh, you know, in the U.S. Congress. And, uh, and they don't do it. They don't they don't recognize his birthday anymore. Uh, not by itself. Uh, Alabama's the only one. Uh, and, you know, I, it, it to me is indicative of, and this is what I said in the column, it's indicative of a mindset we seem to have here of, you know, despite the fact that we call ourselves as, you know, this, this great Christian state and, and we, you know, preach on Southern hospitality. And, and, and I think a lot of people genuinely believe that we're, we're good people here. All right. But I would say that our actions oftentimes do not, uh, do not match those words. Um, and I think the Jefferson Davis thing is one of those things, uh, that, that proves that, um, I I think the monuments thing that we've had proves that I think the way that we treated trans kids proves that I think the way that we treated immigrants, you know, the glee with which we went after immigrants to try to chase them out of the state, you know, uh, did that, uh, the way a lot of people acted about, about gay marriage did that, um, anything that is the least bit different, we seem to take tremendous pride. In not just resisting it, but resisting it with this level of meanness 
and this, um, it, you know, I mean, just the, the way that they treated the trans kids as though they're, you know, they're hurting female athletes and, you know, that, that, the, oh, it's just, uh, it, you know, what these parents, these liberal snowflake parents, uh, you know, that, that are, they're forcing their kids to do these things. And, uh, you know, and then the, the immigrant thing where we were literally, one of the ways that we chased immigrants out of this was we, we, for, we were trying to force them at schools to tell them about where they lived and what their parents did yep. uh, and, and what their status was at schools, man. I mean, little kids at schools. this is what we went after. Um, and it just, and, and, and to what end, it, that was always my thing about the, about the immigrant thing to what, w- would you rather those kids not be educated? Is that what your goal is? Right. I mean, what, you know, what, how, how does that help anybody at, at this point? Um, and it just and now you know you talk about those the that that holiday. There's no reason for that damn holiday to be here for for us to uh, to honor Jefferson Davis. He didn't live here. He wasn't from here. Hell, he didn't even like it here. You know, he said as much. He didn't like it here. Mm. So, you know, and let's not forget, he was a traitor to the country. That was right. a guy that fought to for the institution of slavery. He was a guy who, at the end of the thing, was caught like a coward uh, in disguise, trying to sneak away wearing a woman's scarf over his head, uh, and, and put in prison in Virginia. Refused to repent uh, on any of those things. Said he said oh. repeatedly he'd do it all over again if he had to. Um, and so, why were we honoring that guy? And 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 you know why? You know why? It's the cruelty of it. It's the it's the thumb in the eye to black people in the state because because that's when all of the monuments went up. That's when all the birthday celebrations started happening. It was around Reconstruction and around the Civil Rights Movement. That's when we started that. And it wasn't because we love these people so much. It was because all those uppity blacks that were up there trying to force us to give them equal rights. How dare they? Mm-hmm. So here. Here's how we feel. Here's what we can do to you. And that's the reason we still have it. Well, I think I think when it comes to the monuments and Jefferson Davis, I, I, I agree with you that it's there's a real antipathy toward uh, anything that puts black people or allows black people the same kind of opportunities or the same kind of um uh, you know, affirmation that white people get. That's that's part of what being a society based on white supremacy, white supremacy is all about. So mm-hmm. I think you're right about that. Now, when it comes to the when it comes to trans, you know, teens or children or trans athletes or when it comes to immigrants, I think it's about more than just white supremacy. I think we have a mm-hmm. penchant for the puritanical. We have mm-hmm. a true uh, passion for a kind of um, uh, rigid um, morality that not only we we would ostensibly say that we live up to, but we believe others should be forced to live up to. And from my, you know, I'm going to put my, my little theology minder to work here for a minute. In my mind, this is really a twisted interpretation and application of uh, the Old Testament in the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. uh, people people treat the United States, or in 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 the case of Alabama specifically, you know, they try to treat Alabama people who are on the right, people that are ultra right wing conservatives. 
They see this state as basically a theocracy. They treat it like it's supposed to be uh, the theocracy that was uh, depicted in the Old Testament. But the reality is it's not that. And and mm-hmm. the main reason, what people really fail to realize, Josh, those who ascribe to these, these viewpoints or, or, or who subscribe to these viewpoints, I'm sorry, uh, what they fail to realize is that the main reason it's not a theocracy, you say you believe in God. Well, guess what? God allowed it to not be a theocracy. God allowed the United States of America to be a pluralistic society. So you say you believe in God. Why don't you believe in that? You know, in fact, let's go a step further. Uh, If you believe in the biblical story about Adam and Eve and the tree of uh, of life and in the in the garden, uh, you know, uh, as many as most, I think, uh, traditional Christians do, then uh, you have to ask yourself a key question. If it's so important to institute a society wide morality, if it's so important to enforce on people certain ways of living and thinking, then why is it that at the very beginning of the biblical record or the biblical stories, the very first biblical story that involved human beings, it's clear that human beings were given the right to choose. Mm -hmm. How has that been missed by our ultra-right-wing conservative uh, uh, sisters and brothers? How has that been missed? And how does that translate into the society that they are trying to institute and and the values that they espouse? Everybody has the right to choose. Everybody has the right to choose their own destiny, to self-identify. And yet, a lot of the things that they push, especially when it comes to morality, are the antithesis of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, you know, you're right. Um, I, you know, and I can't, uh, I don't. I don't have such a degree, uh, you know, I, uh, well, it's a minor, I, it's a theology. Uh, it's a theology well, I'm sorry. A minor. I'm, well, I, uh, and I, I don't have one of those either. Um, it's, you know, I am self-taught, uh, as they say. um, although I do, I will say, I think the one thing we can all agree on is that the, the world would be better with more talking snakes. Uh, but you know, um, <laughs> Uh, for but, for amusement, huh? For amusement. Yes, for amusement. Uh, you know, you're right, and it's um, you know the, this legislation of morality uh, that uh, that often takes place um, in in this state and never works ever, um, and, and and because at its core, I, I you know you can't tell me that what is trying to be done here is more moral than the alternative. Um, and uh, say with the, with the trans kids and the sports stuff, I think you and I have both expressed some, some reservations about, you know, what, what that means for, 
uh, for kids and sports and stuff. And, and, you know, and about, you know, how, how that plays out in the long run with, uh, you know, with trans kids participating in sports and how it can be done. There are ways it can be done. And, and I think the Utah governor that I quoted in the story is, is a hundred percent right. There are, there are ways to protect these sports without ma- making this ban. Um, and, and really, Focusing on these kids and hurting them, and because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, why are we doing? Why do we have sports? Why do we have youth sports? Why do we have sports in public schools? It isn't because it's not to win the trophies, man. It's not. That's yeah. not the goal of these sports. And any coach, that any decent coach, will tell you that that's not the goal. The goal is to better those kids. That's the reason we have them. That's the that's the pitch for the the cost that we in, incur uh, for having those sports. That's everything about it is is to, to build self esteem, uh, you know, to build a work ethic of the kids, to you know, to help them out with their with overcoming those problems with uh, you know with communication and uh, uh, you know uh, the, their physicality and stuff. I yeah. mean, it's all of that is built into sports there. And if there is any group in the world that needs. Uh, you know that that sort of an environment to thrive in, it are, is kids who are at risk the most. You know, That's and right. so to me, man, it just—if you're telling me that it's more important to you to say that these kids can't do this because it would it, my daughter's team might not be able to win a basketball championship or a softball championship, then it is to help that kid live a better life and possibly stay alive. Then you're an asshole, you know. I mean, really, yeah. you are. You're, yeah. you are. I mean, it's it's bigger than that, man. It's bigger than yeah. what's fair or unfair, you know. Well, I mean, and they're struggling, man. Help them. Yeah. Well, what I, you know, I when I read that when I read your column, uh, I actually when I reposted it, which I also often do, by the way, and you oh, don't give oh, me oh, the credit I, I, for. <laughs> I often repost I, I, I'll be honest. One time, one time, David didn't read something that I wrote, and I've given him hell about it. And, that, and he earned that, okay? Listen, he earned that, all right? <laughs> oh, man, you're hilarious. But I, I actually extracted as my, my quote when I reposted it what the Utah governor said, which you had him mm-hmm. saying. And, um, you know, I think that that he, like you and me, we wrestle with what is the solution here and that there is a genuine dilemma, you know, in in trying to strike a balance between uh, allowing all children to have an opportunity to have access to this healthy outlet of sports and also preserving to some degree the integrity of competition. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy solution, but you know what? We should be able to start from this baseline. The solution can't be to just ban trans athletes. The solution yeah. can't be to to disallow these children who have a passion for sports you know, uh, the opportunity simply because they don't fit into traditional or they don't identify by traditional gender categories. There's got to be some other way, because, again, the bottom line is they're still children. Yeah. You know, we're not yeah. talking about grown people here. We're talking about children. So well, I'll, t- 
I'll say this. We're talking about grown people in the sense of that that's who typically screws up kids' sports. Well, uh, well, sure. Know, yeah. Sure. But yeah. I mean but I mean, you know, the service the service that we're supposed to be providing here is for children. Yeah. So we yeah. need to be 100%. thinking with as much compassion and innovation as possible, you know? Yeah. I, it, you know, and I'll tell you, um, I mean, it has, um, you know, while I said there's been no real cases of this in, you know, the AHSAA's uh, history, the High School Athletic Association's history, uh, I mean, there have been some instances where, you know, this is this has come up and they've quietly dealt with them. And, you know, and, and by quietly, what they did was is they took a look at the situation and said, okay, Look, this is definitely someone who identifies as female and better fits the, uh, you know, the female sports category. Okay, and so this is what we're going to do, and that's what they did. And it's not, you know, man, it's it's not a, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't unfair to anybody. It wasn't, you know, and that that's the the whole goal of this. If they would have just left it alone, first of all, I don't. I'll say this about Alabama's thing. I don't even think they have the authority to do it. You know, because the HSAA is a separate entity from uh, from the state. It's a private entity that that was established by the federal courts. Uh, you'll never guess why. You'll never guess why they were established by the federal courts. Uh, and we so, know why. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to Alabama. Exactly. And so Discrimination. They, have, yes. they have authority to rule on these things that falls outside of, uh, of the legislature. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, the legislature can impose things on, on the schools, but uh, until the HSAA rules on the stuff, you know, it doesn't matter. And so, I mean, you know, the original version of this thing, it was just so stupid. You know, the, the Alabama people, you know, they were not going to be able to compete in uh, in competitions in states where, you know, their, their, a transgender child might be allowed to participate in sports as well, which means that uh, you're just they were on the verge. They were literally on the verge of making sure that no public school could send any cheerleaders to the national competition in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you something. There was one time when I worked at the Montgomery Advertiser as a sports writer, and in a column, just as a flippant remark, I mean, not it wasn't even a focus of the column, just a flippant remark. Mm-hmm. I made a comment about cheerleading not being a real sport. And mm-hmm. I, th- I bet you that there are still mothers sending me emails to that Montgomery <laughs> Advertiser email account today because I have never had people come down. Well, the soccer people, but the, the but those mothers, man, they were incensed. They were incensed. But I but really, I, uh, I mean, it, I, so, I, you know, that's the thing about it is it's just so careless and it's so hurtful. And that's what bothers me most mm-hmm. is – the, the focus that we have on doing things that hurt people. And, and, and I don't, and I Josh, don't know why. And Josh, it's often vulnerable people. I mean, it's not just yeah. a penchant for, for, you know, puritanical kind of, uh, you know, hurtfulness or spitefulness. It's, it's this, bullying. It's, that, it's straight up bullying. That's right. Yeah. People that are vulnerable, people that are on the margins, people that have been historically disenfranchised. That's who we tend to go after. I have a yeah. question for you. Sure. What if... I'm what? not taking questions. I'm sorry. Well, no, no. Just, just, no, just, okay. take, just take this. No, this, this time, time, I'll make an exception. Yeah, this thank one you. Time. I just appreciate it. Because it's, it's right on topic. Thank you. I appreciate okay. that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, what if we had all of a sudden we began to see in communities across the uh, across the state 
we began to see, let's say, young men mm-hmm. who were inexplicably just a just a sudden sort of phenomenon where inexplicably we started seeing young men who were growing up to be at 13, seven feet tall. Uh-huh. What are they going to do about that? Are they going to say, oh, now we can't, we're going to just disallow because there are just too many of these seven feet tall guys trying to play basketball at 13 when the average 13 year old may only be five, two or five, three or whatever it is. And that we just can't allow them, even though they're the right age. You know, this, there's some anomaly that we can't explain here. Yeah. So we're going to disallow that. Is that what they would do? Yeah. They uh, probably would I mean, not. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's kind of you know I, was, I thought of it in in terms of what this, I, I get the seven foot analogy. What I thought of it in terms of was what if we had a bunch of Derrick Henrys? Uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if you ever saw Derrick Henry in high school, but I mean he was just this I mean grown man playing among boys out wow. there. And and I mean you know what if we had a bunch of those guys that were out there running around? Mm-hmm. You know what what would they do? Are, are we going to ban Derrick? Well, you know what I, I think to to your point, uh, look what look how they're treating Simone Biles. Mm. I mean, really, you know, I mean, look at look what they're doing to Simone Biles. They're, they're essentially punishing her uh, because she's too good at the sport, mm. um, you know. And and so, yeah, I mean, it, it seems that way. It seems that they would come up with a way uh, to to achieve. They would come up with a way to elevate the the majority uh, back up to the top. And, you know, and that's typically what we've done here. And it just, you know, it just is so. I mean, it's disappointing in a lot of people. You know, you see this with people and they get sucked into these stupid political arguments and they, they go on these rants and things. And, you know, a lot of them are people that you know and they're and you think of them as good people and to listen to them talk and 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 this uncaring, you know, and, you know, this other thing is, you know, good and well, that if they had one person that they were that they were close to one person that 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 all of a sudden that their granddaughter. Or their grandson, you know, all of a sudden decided, or you know, not decided, but was a transgender child. You know, they they would have all of a sudden decide, well, holy hell, this is a really important issue. You know, and these people don't understand what's going on. You know, and just the same way that it worked with gay marriage, the same. I mean, just you know, the same way it worked with anybody who knew an immigrant family uh, back when that whole debate was going on. It was a whole different story for those people just because they had that personal experience. And why we can't, I don't understand why people can't can't do that. I don't, it just is, it's, it's not that hard really to say, well, wait a minute. I mean, we're not all that different here. Right. So why do these people believe this thing that I think is absurd? Why do they believe that? You know? And and to try to understand it better. Well, the, the you know, and I and I'll make this my final point. I again, I think the biggest problem is we don't, even though, as you said earlier, we like to posture and preen around as though we are, you know, uh, this great, you know, Christian society and church-going mm-hmm. people, blah blah blah, people of faith. But you know what? It is, it is, the proof is in the pudding, as the old folks used to yep. say. And so often we do not start from the place of compassion. No. And if you want to, if you want to say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and I certainly am, uh, you know, then all of us have to challenge ourselves with all of these difficult discussions, not to start from the place of, 
you know, uh, penalties and judgment. We have to start from a place of compassion. And if we're not doing mm-hmm. that, then we're not being like Jesus. And that's just the bottom line. Yeah, because Stone Cold said so. Um, and that's, you know, um, no, it's, listen, you're right, 100%, man. Um, and, yeah. um, and and the proof is, is, in the, is in the pudding, and ours is that nasty-ass tapioca stuff. Um, so, <laughs> hey, 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 wait a minute. I, I actually liked tapioca. Uh, you like tapioca? Um, I haven't eaten going, it in years, but I do remember liking it as a kid, though. I, I, you know, I think everybody stopped eating pudding there after the Bill Cosby thing. You know, <laughs> know, you just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I felt a Bill Cosby joke coming. Uh, I just felt it in my spirit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <in> the pudding. <laughs> uh, all right, let's um, let's slide out of here. We're going to come back. We got a special guest, uh, Martin Weinberg. Uh, yeah, who represents everybody in the city of Huntsville at this point? Wow. Um, uh, now he he represents quite a few people that uh, that, that have had uh, problems and run-ins with the uh, Huntsville Police Department, including the Parker family, uh, which you know uh, Mr. Parker was uh, the gentleman who was killed uh, by Officer Darby uh, or murdered. Uh, by Officer Darby. And so uh, we're going to talk to him about where things stand. Uh, he's got a couple of cases there, and uh, we'll get into to that and uh, how he thinks things are going. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Alabama Politics This Week. Welcome back in Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person, and we are happy now to be joined by Birmingham attorney Martin Weinberg, um, uh, who <laughs> you may have heard his name, especially if you're in the Huntsville area, since he represents essentially half of Huntsville uh, that uh, have uh, had some encounter with the Huntsville Police Department. Um, uh, Martin, well, welcome in. Thank you for joining us. And, and if you wouldn't mind, I kind of give people a, a brief as, as brief as you can make it, sure. a rundown of who all you represent and, and the cases that are that, that sure. you're involved in now. Um, and thanks, Josh and David, for having me on. Um, so I'm representing uh, the, the family of Jeffrey Parker, um, who was the individual murdered by uh, Darby, the, the Huntsville police officer. And so we've got that case. We've got the, the Crystal Ragland case. Um, you know, she was a vet who was, uh, killed about a year after Darby, um, had a lot of psych issues. Um, so we've got that case. And then uh, also I've got uh, Mr. Hobbs, the individual who uh, was in the video that was uh, stopped on that y'all talked about last week. Um, y'all had the chief on to, to uh, talk about uh, that case last week. So those are three of the cases. And we're, we're also going to be representing a, a, one of the protesters that was injured um, and no telling what else. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, there's a lot of issues with, uh, in, in, in our eyes, with what's going on in Huntsville. They're all uh, connected, in my opinion. And so we're glad to try and help folks seek justice and, uh, you know, take on these these hard cases. All right. Well, and, and I thought one of the reasons that, that I wanted to get you on uh, is because you do represent so many of these folks. And, and because I think that gives you a pretty unique perspective 
Um, and, and understand that you're, rep, you're going to represent your clients and, and that you're going to come from one side of this thing. And I understand that completely, but it also gives you a unique perspective because you are a civil rights attorney and you have dealt with other, uh, you know, other incidents involving other police departments and other places around the state and stuff. So you, you've, you have some experience in this. How, the one thing I want to ask is how weird is Huntsville's situation? How unique is that? How, you know, dealing with them and, and what you've encountered with them of late, how off the wall is that, I guess? I, I think people think of it as, as being bad, but is it as bad as we think it is? That's hard to say. I mean, I've dealt with other police departments, but mostly have been one-off situations that, you know, you haven't had a pattern of, dealing with and in, in this case particular I've, i'm noticing um is you know a lot of this is uh bad interactions with folks that have mental illness um so that that's one thing i think is unifying in in, in all the cases now it may not be in all the protesters cases so that's a little bit uh unique but um it, it is off the wall and i think a lot of it um stems from what we've seen in darby with uh, you know, the, the, the pain of the defense, um, which is unprecedented. I haven't seen that anywhere else. Um, and just the positions that they've taken on that. So, um, you know, this is something I noticed in Huntsville years ago. I mean, I had my first case in Huntsville probably eight, nine years ago and um, had gotten some other calls and it kind of moved on to some other areas and, and places. But I've, I've just kind of kept an eye on it. And um, it, it, it does seem like, things have changed um for the worse in the last three to four years and 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 even so it you would think that uh when there's a high profile case like darby that you know maybe they make some changes but it's it's kind of the approach they've taken to me has been not de-escalate but to escalate situations um you know which it it, it, it that's its own discussion but um that's kind of in a gist what I'm noticing in Huntsville. So it's, you know, you've got the political side of it um, and you've got the um, resistance to change in terms of what the public wants. Um, and I think you do have unique fears. The public is speaking out and is upset about it. Um, you don't see that in a lot of places. I mean, it, it, it takes a lot to get that going, but I think, um, you know, Huntsville citizens have had enough in my opinion. Before, is it, I'll tell you what it, what it seems like to me is um, there is almost a circle the wagons type approach to this from from Tommy Battle, the police chief and some some other higher ups there within the city government. And that to me seems fairly unique um, uh, to in, in terms of the way things were handled in other places, because I tell you what seems unique about it to me. It's not so much that they're protecting them because that happens everywhere, but the fact that they are protecting the chief and, and the uh, the higher ups at the police department, because uh, even despite the, an outrage from so many people, even in the business community, which rarely ever happens, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the people in the in the downtown business uh, association there of, of Huntsville are very upset with this, uh, but on the other side of it. There seems to be no political downside for anybody for making a change and telling people we're going to do better as a police force, and here's how we're going to we're going to change the leadership and do this. There doesn't seem to be any sort of pushback to that, yet they refuse to do it. Yeah, I mean that's what's 
interesting to me is that, you know, you've seen these other cities like Louisville, Minneapolis, and, um, you know, Baltimore, where it got to the point um, where they, they, you know, let those guys loose. The guys, you know, they're Chauvin's and, and, you know, the guys in Breonna Taylor case. I mean, they cut them loose, but they haven't done that yet with Darby or, or the other officers. So, to me, it's 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 just going to take some. I don't. I think they've just read the tea leaves completely wrong on all this. That they're miscal. I think part of it's they're miscalculating. Part of it they don't care. They think that um, it'll just go away. I, I. It's just hard to explain. I mean, I. You know, I, I I see some a little bit of change. You know, when you have with Tob's situation. Hey, you know, this guy acts outside of force, but we haven't seen what they're going to do in terms of punishment or disciplinary action. So. Um, you know, we're optimistic, but, I mean, that's going to be the key to see if there's any change when they do that. And then that's – either way, that's going to be – you know, if they do take disciplinary action, that's inconsistent with what, with what they did in Darby. So, um, it's a mess. Yeah. You know, Martin, uh, you're probably aware of the fact that I'm the, the media spokesperson and liaison for the Rosa Parks Committee. We've been – Right. out front on this issue. And uh, one of our one of the points that we've been uh, maintaining and reiterating uh, is that the culture of policing in Huntsville is broken. That's why we believe we continue to see uh, all of these incidents over the past year and even going back further. Uh, is that your assessment as well? Or do you have a different assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think that is national, you know, the, the, to me, that the system is broken. And so I think it's even more so in Huntsville. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think the disciplinary board, the review board, um, that's one problem we have. We're asking for injunctive relief in some of these cases to, to change the makeup and the oversight. And, you know, if they don't do it on their own, you know, we're with you. I mean, we're asking for the Justice Department and you know, other groups to look at it because if you don't discipline your, and that's a lot of the problems we have across the nation is that, you know, I've, I've had cases where officers move from one department to the other after they're disciplined. And I don't know, you know, if that's the case in Huntsville, if we've gotten a lot of officers that have been disciplined that end up there, or, you know, they just don't get disciplined in Huntsville. I, I think it's part of that, but, you know, when you move folks around, you don't really, have any kind of interdisciplinary connection in terms of database. And I know we're working on those things. That's a big problem. So, um, yeah, I mean, this goes back. And I mean, I've been looking and I've been reviewing. It goes back to, uh, you know, the Brett Russell case and Officer Lee case where um, those guys, I believe, were terminated, or at least Russell's case, you know, he was terminated. Then the city council reinstated him. And so you have a lot of, you know, what you don't see in a lot of places, you have, the city council and the mayor get involved in these decisions. Um, and, you know, that's not healthy um, for a police force or city to be so interconnected. Um, you know, you do have that in a lot of places, so that's not unique. But, um, you know, and I, the other aspect is just the lack of training for mentally ill individuals that I think is, um, you know, they keep talking about the CIT and, and doing that, but Nothing's changed. I mean, only, you know, 10% of the officers are even trained in that. So that's a major problem. Yeah. Um, we have um, all, I think we were, 
we all were initially just <laughs> shocked and astounded that both the police chief and the mayor uh, were affirming the actions of a convicted murderer, uh, though we were more, I think, stunned that the mayor did it than, than even the police chief. But, but then on top of that, as you said earlier, this officer, Darby, is still on the payroll. And, and the answer that we have gotten from City Hall is that he's on the payroll because of personnel policies that, that they cannot uh, change. And so they basically have no choice in the matter. He's got to remain on the payroll. Uh, what is your sense of the of the truthfulness, the veracity of that, and also the legality of that? Yeah, so I, I mean, I look back and what I've you know been saying, and I, I you know I, I think other folks realize that had they you know taken those you know once he was indicted, um, you know they should have started the initiated those disciplinary proceedings, and they wouldn't be in this position. But they couldn't do that because they were taking the position that, hey, we're paying for his defense. So there's, you know, there's an intertwining relationship there between the city and um, the police department in terms of, you know, holding that out. And the, and the city council went along with that. Now, I, I, I don't know if it's per se illegal what they're doing in terms of that, but I think, you know, the question we, we've got to ask, would they be doing this for uh, other folks in other departments? You know, I, one example, you know, I heard um, was, oh, we'd be doing this for somebody from public works that, that ran over somebody's leg. And, I, you know, I, I don't believe, I mean, to me, I don't, I don't buy that. Um, I think, you know, they're in this position because they went along with it and defended him from the beginning. And so, their backs against the wall. Um, you know, I, I think the prudent and like Josh said, I mean, you know, there's no downside from cutting him loose, but they just won't do it other than, you know, I, I guess he could come back and, you know, sue them, you know, at that point. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think sometimes you just got to look at the bigger picture and the optics of what it's promoting for Huntsville that's trying to do a lot of good things in terms of business and development, but then you've got this holding it up. So, um, I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've seen employment lawyers say it's, it's unprecedented to keep them on the payroll. I mean, everything about this in terms of the interaction between the police department and the, the city has been unprecedented. Yeah, yeah, I would say. I mean, it, it seems to me uh, to be a pretty thin legal argument uh, that we, you know, or, or a pretty strong legal argument to say hey, we fired the murderer. Uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't seem like you're, you're really jumping over, uh, you know, uh, the, the law books there to, to say that we fired the murderer, uh, even despite whatever federal laws that they claim is, are preventing this from from occurring. But, you know, I, I think, though, more than anything, it, it is kind of indicative of the of the mindset of and, and the environment that has been created here, uh, which is. Uh, it seems to just be really at odds with the community at large. Um, I mean, you, you listen to, 
I mean, even right wing people on this at this point are like, you know, what the hell is going on? You know, we you can't keep a murderer on the payroll and uh, to, to watch them do this is just off the wall insane. But one of the things I wanted to ask you um, about the cases that you have, and I don't want you to get into, you know, things that certainly things that would that would damage the, the cases or what. But in, in doing I know you, you're privy to a lot of discovery and things like that, that, um, you know, that we are not yet. Uh, because it hadn't come out in court or, or you know, just because it, it uh, nobody has covered it as, as well as you have uh, because you're involved in it on a day-to-day basis. But has there been anything that you've seen from from what you've been able to gather from the police department and, and your interactions with them um, that, that would lead you to believe that either this is a mindset that is permanent as long as the current leadership is in place, or that there is a pathway, you know, alternatively, that there's a pathway with this this group of people in charge uh, that could lead to some form of change? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, the problem is we really haven't gotten into any discovery yet because it still stayed in the Darby case, which, you know, they're wanting to wait until after the sentence is over. Um, so, in, you know, the other cases, I mean, they're 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 fairly – um, you know, new as well, but I mean, I think, you know, that, that, um, it, it's just, it's a tough, you know, out for them at this point, unless, you know, um, unless they do make changes in the way they handle things. I mean, I sense that, um, you know, there are people that, that, you know, they're elected officials. And, and like you said, this isn't really or should be political because I mean, once you have a conviction, like you said, I mean, right wing folks, um, you know, completely pro uh, law and order. I mean, they look at this case and it, it was an easy call by the jury by all accounts. I mean, we've seen statements by jurors. And so um, that's what's baffling to me that, you know, that hadn't come. I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to take. So I can't say that with this group or administration or chief, I mean, you know, and if you replace chief, you know, the question is, what do you get? I mean, you get somebody that, that's under him that's even, uh, you, you know, more obstinate and, and more abrasive um, in terms of that because, you know, um, I think this chief, um, you know, says things he shouldn't say, but I don't get the impression that he's, uh, you know, rah-rah just, you know, in, in the media. He's somewhat soft-spoken, I guess, is my impression. Um, you know, I, I don't like what's going on, but, you know, you may get somebody else that um, <laughs> I guess has, has got a different approach. And so that's probably some of the concern. Um, you know, I think they're, they're, they're just speaking out of both sides of their mouth at, at times. and um, They don't really know what to do. And, and they're just, I think, thinking it will go away. But it's when you've got this many instances, when you've got the, the stuff that happened with the protests and the reports that came out of that, and, you know, maybe some other cases that will come out of uh, that incident, I mean, I, I can't say for certain, but I feel like there will be, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, sometimes the only way for them to have change is for them to get hit, you know, with, with monetary results and, you know, where they're having to pay attorney's fees and settlements and, you know, other court costs and, and fines. I mean, that, that may be the only way to do it. Yeah. I, I tell you, man, what it, what it kind of seems like to me is there was, there was a story written, uh, a few months back, um, I think it was Ashley Remkes that wrote it uh, for AL.com. Uh, and it was uh, it was about the 
uh, the growth of Limestone County and how this sudden boom has brought in, you know, so many new people to the area and and how these new people didn't necessarily mesh with the good old boy system that was taking place here. Um, and, and it kind of seems like that's that's sort of the same problems that we have in Huntsville right now, where the city has grown so fast, so quickly that maybe the people who are in charge are not necessarily equipped to handle a city of that size and that sort of growth and that sort of, um, you, you know, with, with the additional problems that come with, with a city of that size, where, where you have an increase in mental health issues, uh, you know, and, and things. Because, I, I mean, I know that they say they take training, but I mean, do they? I mean, because it doesn't seem like they've taken a lot of training uh, in, in dealing with mental health issues. No, I mean, that's, you know, one point we, we, we're, we're making that, you know, they, they say that, you know, out of 500 officers in Huntsville, only 10% of them, 10 to 15% have the, you know, the CIT training, which that is questionable itself. But, I mean, and that, you know, increased, I'm sure, in the last couple months or last year, whereas you go back to when this happened with Darby, um, you know, maybe it was half of that, maybe it was none. And it, we don't know at this point. You know, if any of those officers, I mean, Pegues, in that case, who by all accounts did the right thing and, and tried to de-escalate it, I don't know if she necessarily had that training. You know, she may have just been a good officer that was flexible, you know, and trying her approach. And so, um, you know, that's what I, I, I see a lot of is that in these interactions, there doesn't seem to be a lot of thinking or, um, you know, just planning ahead on how we're going to handle this, especially knowing these folks have, you know, mental illness or mental impairments that they're not handling these, these things differently. And knowing that, that they, they have other, you know, means and, and, and opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I just, I, I, I think it's just, you know, like you said, it is a culture and it's, it's going to take time and it's not going to happen overnight unless, you know, even if the justice department comes in, for example, I mean, what will that accomplish right away? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes cities are put under consent decrees the last year. And so, you know, is that something that's going to happen or, you know, I mean, the, the, the best thing that can be done is the leadership recognizes, hey, we've got to make change for the optics that we're, we're giving out there for Huntsville. You know, we're potentially losing business um, or, or the folks who want to get to move here. Um, you know, if, if that were to happen, you know, things are going to go a lot smoother um, than, than having to file you know, even more lawsuits and have, you know, the Justice Department come in and, and do a consent decree or whatever, you know, is, is, is a possibility on that. So, um, you know, I think we've all just got to keep pushing. I mean, David, your group and other groups and individual citizens just keep having to call for change on a daily basis. I mean, we can't let them off the hook because they say, oh, we, we, you know, this officer acted outside of force. What does that mean? I mean, it doesn't mean anything if there's no disciplinary action taken and there's no change in terms of training and, 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 you know, the personnel. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's what we're looking at. Well, you know, I think it, it, it does, it takes a combined effort. We're doing what we're doing. You're doing what you're doing. It's all very important. Josh and I, uh, along with other media are also pressuring, uh, the, uh, the police department and city hall and I think you're right. Ultimately, Martin, it may be just that they change or make changes because of optics. 
But whatever the reason is, if we can get them to make some changes, it's going to be a safer community here for everybody. And that's really our goal. It is. Um, I, and I appreciate what the media is doing in terms of shining a light on this. I mean, it's, you know, some award-winning journalism, in my opinion, um, you know, just, just staying on it. And you don't have a lot of that. And I, and I think that's what's made the difference in a lot of these um, cities, you know, in terms of Minneapolis, Baltimore, Louisville, you know, other places that, um, you know, it's just been a combination of efforts. I mean, you've had public outrage and you, you've had outside, you know, pressures, outside forces. You've had internal efforts and um you know it's not ever going to be perfect i mean until we get to the root of it that's a whole nother issue we've got to you know things people are just they don't like things uh the way they are and and you know so there's got to be some change i mean how 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 it happens or you know how the sausage is made it's it's not going to be pretty um but it, it's going to happen i mean i think you know it, i'm optimistic that that, that things are going to happen and how we get there I have no idea how long it takes. I have no idea. Um, but the more that the people are willing to speak up and speak out is, you know, it's going to happen a little bit sooner. Well, I think we'll get there eventually. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll come with a price tag, um, you know, and, uh, and, but that's just the way, you know, unfortunately that's just the way a lot of people have to learn. Um, and, you know, and so keep up the, uh, keep up the good work yes. and, um, and, and, you know, keep pushing them. And, uh, and if, uh, you know, if we can, if we can help make things better, yes. you let us know. And, uh, and, but otherwise, you know, keep, keep it, keep it going there. It's, uh, uh, Martin Weinberg. We really appreciate Thanks, you giving Martin. us a few minutes today. Sure. Thanks guys. I, I appreciate y'all having me on and, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep all up to date and, you know, you just new stories. Y'all keep at it too. Thank you. All right. All right, they, that's, that's Martin Weinberg. He's yep. uh, he's good. They uh, they do uh, they do good work, and uh, and and it's important. Uh, you know, it's important what he is he's doing for uh, uh, for the city of Huntsville, and and you know, and I know people think of it as oh, it's an attorney suing people and things like that, and that's not. But that's not. You know, that's how it works, man. You know, that's how the system is um, is designed to work and designed to operate. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, how else are we going to get there? You know, what are we going to do? Run, stomp our feet up and down and jump around. Right. And, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, how else? Well, how else and the reality is I guarantee you that if it was their, uh, son or brother or fiance or daughter or whatever the case may be, they'd have an attorney too. And they'd be taking action too. What Martin Weinberg is doing here is extremely important because we have to make the system accountable. That's how you change the culture. That's how you make it a safer city. Make the system accountable. Make the mayor make a decision about the police chief. Get a police chief in there who understands the culture has to change and and put in place policies and procedures that will ensure that. And and so it takes lawsuits. It takes public outcry. That combination will make the change. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right about that. And, and you know, look, 
we know what happened to Parker was wrong. Every every yeah. every sane yeah. person knows that what that what happened to Mr. Parker was wrong. I mean, it took that jury just a little while to get this thing right. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. to come back with that verdict. And I mean, they walked in the door and they were already basically set on guilty uh, because of of what they heard in the courtroom. You know, when they mm-hmm. walked into into the deliberations, they knew walking through that door, it was was well, the the guy assuming that we can believe that that's correct. Uh, there was eleven to one, and the one guy just wanted to talk about it. For for a little while, you know, he, yeah. he wasn't necessarily opposed to guilty. He just wanted to talk about it for a little bit, and they did, and it was over. Uh, and so we know it was a, it's it was beyond a reasonable doubt. And then on the back side of that, to have the mayor and the police chief continue to stick up for that dude, man, a convicted murderer is appalling. Paul. And and it'll it'll cost them. It'll cost them dearly for that. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, it'll cost them dearly for that. So, well, know. in in terms of real money, but also in terms of public relations and future yes. business. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I mean, and it's just well, I tell you this: where it's going to start to hurt, because uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily. I think it will it will hurt. Uh, business-wise, I do believe that it hurts you from a public relations standpoint, from a business, you know, recruitment standpoint. I, I do believe that that's the case. Although I don't think it's as bad here because of the role that Huntsville is on. Uh, you know, once you start to get these businesses coming, it just one feeds off the other, and so I don't think it, it'll hurt them as much from that standpoint as it might some other cities. But I do think this. I think a lot of these politicians are putting their careers at risk right now because yeah. Huntsville is changing rapidly and the people who are coming in here, they don't have any ties to anybody. So they don't mm-hmm. give a shit about your family or your daddy or your mama or whatever your granddaddy did or anything else. So what they're voting on is what you're doing right now. And if what you're doing right now is this dumb shit, then they're going to vote you out of office. Yeah. All right. I think you're so, right. I think you know, you're right. And, and I hope some people on the city council are listening because that's a bunch of cowards uh, and somebody needs to take a stand over there. I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, I, I, listen, I come from Montgomery, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I come from here, but I spent a lot of time yeah. in Montgomery. And yeah. you are, if the mayor in, in, in Montgomery had tried to float this past the city council without anybody saying anything, listen, it might have passed because he'd had the majority on his side. But mm-hmm. I guarantee you there would have been a show in that place uh because somebody would have uh, would have been worked up about it uh and it just i can't understand why nobody's taking a stand uh among those councilmen uh there for for what's going on and as far as i know well, nobody has right well well i you know i think i think i'll say nobody has taken a stand to the degree that say the Rosa Parks committee has or the uh, or Angela Curry's coalition has mm-hmm. uh, or Black Lives Matters. But um, there was supposedly. I heard this just this week. There was supposed to have been a, a either a resolution or something presented to the city council at the at this week's meeting, which would be tonight, Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, we record this on Thursday, so Thursday night. Uh, it was supposed to have been presented by two council persons, I heard, somewhere. Uh, and, uh, and I think it was related to body cam footage or something is what I heard. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you hear little snatches of things here and there, and you, you can't always verify them or know what's true or what isn't. Yeah. But, uh, but there has been, I think, with at least 
I get the sense, Josh, that there has been some, there's been some, I'll say, critical thinking done related to these issues by at least by by three people on the council mm-hmm. is my impression. And that is, uh, to some degree, Francis Akeridge, to some degree, Bill Kling, and to some degree, uh, John Meredith. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds as though. Now, you know, we've also got this really crazy situation. And I, I want to say, I think we talked about this last week. I can't remember. I've had so many conversations about right. it. Uh, with Devin Keith going on, Dale Jackson's radio show. Well, you know, now he and J-Town are in some kind of Twitter battle over over this. So so Devin has just kind of wandered way off the reservation. I'm not sure what the heck is going on with him. (laughs) Uh, Of course, I don't have any expectations ever that that Jeannie Robinson is ever going to take a position that is anything but, you know, uh, blindly law and order and right wing. So, right. you know, you just take her off the table. Mm-hmm. But the other but the other three, I think on some level, if I'm not mistaken, they have expressed some some concerns. But again, nothing approaching what what really is needed. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Opinion. I mean, it's a no, I, in my opinion as well, I think we share the same opinion. I, although I don't I don't know that if, uh, that you think that they ought to be as harsh as they as I do. I mean, I listen. I, I, it, there is way past, and when that mayor stood up for a convicted murder, somebody on the council yeah. has got to has got to stand up at the next meeting and say, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, right. and right. and you're the people in charge of the city. Stand up and say, you know, you have, they have as much authority as the mayor does in this. Stand up and say, man, what the hell is going on? You can't back a convicted murderer. I mean, right. you know, there's a time for for what the people are on your side. All right. right. There is no better time for you to make noise than when you got the people behind you and the people behind you are, are behind you for a reason. You're right. This is the right path. What they're doing is wrong. Stand up, man, and say something. I mean, it's, you know, it just it just drives no, you're me exactly, insane. Man. You're exactly right. That's what should have happened. Somebody should have stand up and just delivered a blistering assault on both the police chief and the mayor. That didn't happen. To my knowledge, I'm not aware of anybody doing that, and I and I and I I'm at a loss as to why. Yeah, well, all right. That's uh, you know, I can rant and rave all day long, and and people will eye roll. Apparently, we'll 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 stop there, and I'll say okay. But uh, thanks to to Martin Weinberg for for coming on. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Glad uh, he came and, on. Great, yeah, great I, job by him. All right. Well, uh, we'll come back, wrap this thing up with uh, with a little bit of Mo Brooks and the right wing nut. Uh, back in a minute on Alabama politics this week. Welcome back in. Uh, this is your final segment. It's a yeah. warning. It's your final segment of Alabama politics this week. Uh, and we're going to be brief because we've been long the first two. Uh, so, we, you know, we've already got you like an hour here. So, you know, and really, how much of us could you listen to? I mean, I'm, I'm already tired of listening to me. Everybody's got a limit. Everybody's yeah, got a limit. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of listening to me and I've still got like 12 hours left in my damn day. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> Sit around and be quiet all night long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before, but before we go, we do want to uh, update you on a very important story. Mo Brooks has been served. Yay! Uh, he was yeah. Uh, Eric Swalwell, representative Eric Swalwell, gave, gave served uh, Brooks's wife at their house. I'm sure mm-hmm. people have heard of this by now, but uh, they served Brooks's wife at his house. There's video of this that that Mo is now fundraising off of because they quote unquote accosted his wife, uh, yeah. which and criminally uh, trespassed, Tri- criminally yeah, the, trespassed. Yeah, which he did neither. The the process server did neither of those things. Um, I have yeah. been a process server. Uh, I know, uh, and and nobody yeah. likes to see you coming, uh, yeah. but it pays well. So, and especially if you're uh, in uh, in in college, it's a really nice gig. Um, okay. And so, um, I understand exactly what the the kid was doing. He was following the federal laws. Uh, he pulled. He saw her pulling into the driveway. Mo Brooks's wife, uh, Martha, right? Martha. Yeah, Martha. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, and um, and she pulled into the driveway of their house, and then pulled into the garage area, garage carport. I don't know if you can't from the angle of the camera, you can't see if there is an actual door that raises up or not, or if it's just more of a carport area mm-hmm. uh, there that's open. But it was open when she pulled in there, perfectly legal uh, to walk up and hand her these things as she's getting out of her car. That's not considered necessarily entering the dwelling. Uh, which is the house structure itself. That's a garage area. Uh, and it's he recorded himself just like he's supposed to do, handed her the paperwork, actually set the paperwork on the ground, said, uh, Mo Brooks has been served. Thank you. And left. Um, right. And, uh, you know, and she followed him out of the garage uh, chasing him. Mm-hmm. So as, uh, if he was accosting her, he was not very good at it. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> Great um, point. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he let, got in his car and, and left. Uh, you know, there was no incident. There was no, nothing ugly that he did to her or, or anything else. I mean, it, uh, this is how it works, you know. And, and really, if you didn't want to be served in that manner, you could have accepted service. You know, but Mo Brooks challenged them to do their job and to serve them like any uh, normal person. And this is how normal people get served Mm -hmm. who who try to duck a process server. You know, this is how this is how it works. So so two things came to come to mind for me with this situation. And the first is and this may surprise you. I have I have a sliver of sympathy for Mrs. Brooks. And I say that because oh, I, I have can, a lot of sympathy saying that she's married to Mo, but I have well, a lot of sympathy for well, her. Well, that, that yeah. goes beyond, that's without yeah. saying. That's her own fault. Yeah, I, that goes beyond without saying. But I'm saying that I can imagine that it would be a little startling for you to see somebody you don't know Pardon? approaching you in your garage. Yep. And you're wondering, what are their intentions? I don't recognize him from the neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But once it was clear that he was serving her, mm-hmm. that should have, uh, you know, to me, the problem is over. Now, the other thing is this that occurred to me. Um, this idea that Mo continues to characterize this as criminal trespassing because he entered the house. Yeah. There is, you know, the garage is not, I don't know of any situation. I mean, people generically talk about, you know, uh, their garages perhaps as being part of their houses. But when it comes down to actually, you know, how to, you know, let's, for example, realtors. Realtors don't include the garage in the square footage of the house. They consider it an attached, attached, you know, an appendage of the house. Mm-hmm. It's not considered the actual part of the actual house. You know, that's just, 
I mean, legally, I would assume that that's going to fall on its face so fast. Oh, I mean, yeah. Is that, I mean the, the, the federal the federal laws for process serving are very, very lenient. Very, very lenient. Now, if this were a state court case, uh, he could not have even come on the property uh, because hmm. uh, because trespassing laws do, do apply to, in that regard. Uh, so he would have had to just basically sit outside and waited on her to go to the grocery store or something and served her at the grocery store. But, mm. uh, you know, but, you know, this uh, she he found her coming back home from church and, uh, you know, and then that was uh, waited on her there. And she pulled in the driveway. He followed her up. And and that little federal laws allow that. So it's going to mm. fall flat. And that, but this is the, 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 not a that's not the goal. The goal is exactly what it is, is to get yeah. Mo's name out there in another bullshit story. All mm-hmm. right. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing I want you mm-hmm. people to seriously think about how they know Mo Brooks. It, do you know Mo Brooks because of legislation he has helped pass? We or do support? not. We do, uh, do you do you know Mo Brooks because of some project that he worked on in the state of Alabama? Uh, you know something that helped bring money to this state or 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 infrastructure. I'm not aware of anything. I, I I can give him a little bit of credit for being supportive of uh, actually uh, one of my clients who is a is a nonprofit organization that serves people with disabilities. But outside of that, and and even with that. I'm not aware of any major legislation that he is no. promoted or 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 supported that I can think of related to that. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, his yep. record is it appears to be I think a good word is abysmal. It appears no, to be abysmal. It, listen, yeah. He he in in more than 10 years in Congress. He's been mm-hmm. there for more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. He has sponsored dozens of bills. Written and sponsored dozens of bills. Co-sponsored dozens of bills. He's passed one. one, one, And that wasn't even really a bill. It was a resolution. It was a resolution to rename the post office in Limestone County. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, that's all. That's all he's had done in 10 years. That's all he's done. So, uh, I mean, all that's happened in Huntsville has happened in spite of Mo Brooks. All right. There's, no, there's nothing that he's done here that, that couldn't have been done by, hell, a trained monkey. Uh, could have done what he's mm. done. I mean, really, let's, yeah. let's be real here. I mean, that anybody, you could put anybody in that position and they would have done, been able to accomplish anything that he's accomplished and they would have been less of an embarrassment for him because the only way you know Mo Brooks is from the stories of his racism, the stories of his ignorant, ignorant comments about anybody or anything that was not straight, white, Christian, and male. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, really, that's that's this is how, you know, Mo Brooks It's all stuff like this. It's oh, well, don't forget the that. and don't forget the January 6th insurrection. Yes. You know, yeah. the role he played there. And yep. he's, and he takes pride in this. And, and the proof of that is he just spoke at some Republican gathering here in the state. Uh, and he was asked by an audience member about uh, whether or not he was going to continue the legacy of Richard Shelby. In terms of ensuring that Alabama gets its, you know, gets gets the opportunity to get, you know, huge sums of federal dollars. Mm-hmm. And his answer was, well, you know, basically, if that's what you're looking for, then you don't need to vote for me because I'm not trying to run up the federal debt any more than it already is. Thinking, really? That's your answer? So so you're 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 willing, you're literally willing to stand by and watch 
Alabama not take advantage of things that other states are taking advantage of to benefit its people? And and what about all of the existing federal programs? You're not going to fight for them because we're yeah. because we've got a huge budget deficit. You're not going to fight yeah. for NASA or the Army or you know Redstone, you know Arsenal. All these damn defense companies that are here, yeah. right? Yeah, how about you, that? You just you're going to let all of them collapse? Is that what you? I mean that that's the logical extension of what he's saying. Yeah. Well, here's the illogical extension of it: is mm-hmm. I guarantee you right now, if you go to Mo Brooks's website or some other website. Uh, because I don't even know if he has one because God knows he couldn't operate it. Seeing how he gave out his passwords and pin numbers last week. Um, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Did, did you see this? Did you see I this saw the you? little, I saw the little handwritten note there at the, at the yeah. bottom right hand corner of that. I was like, yeah. wow, really? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't yeah. read it. Genius. I couldn't read oh, it. You get, if you zoomed in on the thing, it, it was his Gmail and, his, and the password and then two pin numbers at the bottom. So, wow. yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's real, real genius. Um, but I guarantee you, if you go back and look, there are probably dozens of press releases from Mobrook's office touting some federal project that has come to Huntsville and something that, you know, he had, he showed up to work at the ribbon cutting, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's all he had to do with it really. Uh, but, you know, touting this money that's flowing into, into his district there from the federal government. So now to say this is just idiotic. But let me let me say this is the other thing that blows my mind about Republican voters in this state. All right. So you have Katie Britt now that's go that was Richard Shelby's uh chief, chief of staff. Of staff. Yeah. Uh now been with the BCA for a little while. So she's worked with the business community around here and stuff. So and, and seems Although she's Republican and I ne- would never vote for her, she seems to be less batshit crazy than most of the Republicans that we're getting right now. Right, right. But the knock on her is is she's swampy, quote unquote, because she's tied to Richard Shelby, who mm. is swampy. And Mo Brooks is taking this approach now that he's not swampy, even though he certainly is. Uh, he's not swampy because he's not like Richard Shelby. If Richard Shelby ran in this race against all these people, he'd beat them by 40 points. Yeah. Voters would line up to vote for Richard Shelby, yeah. and it would not even be a question. So how the hell is it a detriment to be aligned with Richard Shelby? Yeah. I don't understand. Explain this to me. How well, is this a problem? Well, you know, you know, Mo's answer is he thinks the most important, and he actually said this, he thinks the most important, he told this to Channel 19, the most important endorsement is that of Donald Trump. He thinks that 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 endorsement is much more important than any endorsement that Shelby may be planning to make of Katie Britt. The guy that endorsed Roy Moore. Right. That's, exactly. That's what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The guy exactly. that lost the guy that lost the White House, the Senate and the House <laughs> during, right. during exactly. his four years in office. That guy? That exactly. Who the guy that was that was cheering cheering the idea that there was going to be an insurrection, even though he knew that it might kill his own vice president. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. guy, that guy. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, yeah. Good luck. Good luck with that. I just, it's, it's idiotic to me, but speaking of idiotic, <laughs> oh, let's go see our right wing of the week. Uh, this this week. is so and, juicy. Uh, this is so, um, this is so juicy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's juicy. It's juicy, baby. Our boy, uh, our boy, our right wing note of the week is uh, Representative Louis Gomer uh, from the great state of Texas, uh, who 
Uh, who during oh. a uh, uh, House Natural Resources Committee hearing uh, was questioning Jennifer Iberlin, an associate deputy chief of the mm. Forest Service. Mm. <clears throat> and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read directly here and quote Mr. Gilbert. <laughs> I understand. Uh, I understand from what's been testified to the Forest Service and the BLM, which is Bureau of Land Management, Mm -hmm. you want very much to work on the issue of climate change. I was informed by the immediate past director of NASA that they found that the moon's orbit is changing slightly, and so is the Earth's orbit around the sun. We know there's been significant solar flare activity. And so, is there anything that the National Forest Service or BLM can do to change the course of the moon's orbit or the Earth's orbit around the sun? Because obviously, that would have a profound effect on our climate. Lord God in heaven, (laughs) save the United States and the state of Texas from this man. Lord Jesus, save the state of Texas from that man. Well, listen, I've got an idea. I've got an idea of of how we might be able to do that. If we were to take a drilling team, one of an oil, off an oil rig, and send them to maybe the moon and have them drill down and then implant a nuclear bomb down in there, possibly we could do it. Of course, I know that you are being your most facetious self right now. And I'm glad. I'm glad because well, it's mean, funny. The, what you're well, saying is funny. It wouldn't well, take that, it in that, that context. Isn't that the plot of uh, of the movie with Bruce Willis and, and how they destroyed the Astro- Armageddon? Uh, is that is that oh, you know I, that's the Bruce Willis movie? I didn't watch yeah, that. Bruce Willis. Didn't you didn't watch, watch the Armageddon? No, nah, oh, I didn't watch it. I. It's it's so realistic. You should watch it. It didn't appeal um, to me. Well, I don't understand that uh, at all. <laughs> um, it's Bruce Willis on an asteroid, man. It's basically Die Hard in space. I well, I have now I have watched. I think most of the Die Hard movies. I like those with John McClane. I like those. Yeah, uh, I mean, you I like mean you think you've watched most of the Die Hard movies? Yeah. Either you know that or you don't, David. Come well, on, I, I, I have. I've, I, I think I've watched most of them. I mean, they kind of blend together. You know, it's the same. No, you know, the they same. do not. No, yeah, and you, you I will so? not stand for this. I will not stand for this. I, I, I since there's some insulting of the, of the Die Hard franchise. Wait and a minute, I, you're I, a Die Hard movie purist? I didn't know there was such a thing. Uh, it's first of all, greatest Christmas movie ever made. Uh, the original mm-hmm. Die Hard. Um, oh, I listen, I don't even want to hear this. Uh, this negativity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That Nakatomi Plaza was going to fall, and it did, and he saved it. Okay, it was a Christmas miracle, David. Christmas miracle. <laughs> and uh, and I really got to see what these people do for New Year's. Uh, uh, and I'll tell you the other one, man. I, the, the other the other movie to me, I I don't I don't. The second one was was good. Uh, I enjoyed it, but the better one uh, after one was the one with uh, him and Samuel Samuel L. Jackson uh, in New York. Have you seen this one? I'm trying to remember. Oh my God, David! Oh man, if you haven't seen this, I would see. It's one was of those that, things. That was number three. Was that number three? I think that was number three. Okay, I remember the one with the uh, what's with that kid's name? 
the last one that I saw was the one with that kid, uh, his name Justin Long or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I yeah, remember that yeah. one. Uh, was that Die Hard with a Vengeance, I think? Uh, that might have been Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. I, I might have to go back and uh, – I, I I, listen, I'll go to the IMDb in a second on you here. I, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, but because uh, this is important, okay? It's important that we get this right. Um, <laughs> we have moved from the right wing one that to the weak to – Movie re- critiques, okay. <laughs> no, all right. So no, uh, no. That Die Hard with a Vengeance is the Samuel L. Jackson one. Okay. Oh, uh, you're 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 talking about Live Free or Die Hard. Oh, right? that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And there's also there's also a Good Day to Die Hard. I see now that one I don't remember at all. But now, if you have not seen Die Hard with a Vengeance, that's the one. Where uh, they're, they're, they do the little riddles and he has to solve the little riddles and go around the town. You know, got to get across town in a certain amount of time. Um, and uh, yeah, boy, if you've not seen this, it's just, listen, I, I don't think we can talk anymore. We're going to have to go. Um, <laughs> I have to look that up. I wonder if it's on Netflix or Prime. Or oh, something. I can assure you it's on the, yeah, it's, it's, it's on the, it's on one of the streamers. I'll yeah, check so that out. I'll look. I'll look for that. That'll be one of my weekend. That'll be one of my weekend homework assignments, Josh. I mean, it's. I just can't believe that we're having this conversation. And you haven't seen this movie. It's just. I, I can't believe it. Well, yeah. I mean, at least at least I said I liked the ones I'd seen. At least I said that. <laughs> yeah, you're non-committal though, and it just. I didn't like your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't care for it at all. And listen, with my hairstyle, you got to know that I like the Die Hard movies. Okay? <laughs> all right. There is a similarity. That is true. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're going to leave you with that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like you've been entertained. Um, and, and, you know, and it was free. So you got your money's worth. Uh, there you go. Our right. podcast don't cost one red cent to you. Exactly. Hey, listen, if you'd like to go and leave us a review, uh, tell us how much you love us, and uh, you know, put five stars on the uh, Apple Podcast review. That, that would we would appreciate that. You know, help us make a little money awesome. every now and then. How about that? Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, uh, until next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace. Bye.